comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. together from the cosmic reaches of the universe, here in this great hall of justice are the most powerful forces of good ever assembled. I am Supergirl. I am the Flash. My name is Oliver Queen. I had to become the Green Arrow. Dedicated to truth. Justice and peace for all mankind. Hey everybody, welcome to DCTV Podcast episode 108. And uh, I would like to, uh, first of all, extend a hearty welcome in return to the man, the myth, the legend himself. He was on a bus in Central City and then something weird happened and now he's the 12th of the 12 of the new metas in Central City. I'm not, I'm not sure what his power is, I think it might just be podcasting power. Mr. Richard the Chubtoad Sheldon. Welcome back, sir. Thank you. It's good to be back. Um, I don't know exactly what power I have yet. I'm going to have to wait till I undergo teragenesis. Oh, wait, that's, that's a different... Never mind. Oh. <laughs> and a man who used to date Becky Sharp, <laughs> and his luck hasn't been the same since. Oh, it Darryl, hasn't, I tell you. Mr. Taylor. Oh, man. I... What a what a time we had together! <laughs> to go to go to the casinos, hit the slot machines, maybe. Yeah, money. yeah. That's, you knew you have to do that. You made a little money but then I'd always school. trip at the last. You know, then I'd play that last thing before I'm both pulls the cash out. I'd lose all my money and then trip and fall down and hurt myself, and she'd <laughs> laugh and laugh and laugh, and I would. Hate her even more. Ah, uh, young love. In the grand. Yeah. yeah, it is. Uh, we had to take a week off due to technical difficulties, and now we're back. Uh, my internet totally went out. The hamster in my internet machine died, and I had to buy a new hamster and everything. So now we're back. <laughs> we're back online. It's awesome. What did so, you name him? Sparky. You better Sparky. not die. That's what he named him. <laughs> <laughs> Earn your keep, you little bastard. That's what That's I named right. him. <laughs> Uh, right. Jerry's not here tonight, so we can mansplain as much as we want, guys. That's right. Go ahead and assume the Al Bundy position with one hand, you know, right in your waistband there and kind of lean back and just go, because ah, there ain't no chicks here. Not this time. Uh, Jerry, Jerry, as she wrote in her message to me, she said, I can't, I'm too tired to be on. I spent all day on dicks. So. <laughs> And then she realized what she'd written and said, oh, I, I, sh I shouldn't have phrased that that way, but it's true. That <laughs> being, you know, running them dicks will, will take it out of you. Absolutely. Hey um, so a couple of real quick news bits here. We had two DC movies confirmed uh, since we uh, last convened. We got Joe Manginello as Deathstroke with Gareth Evans from The Raid directing. That's a damn good director. I don't know if he's yeah. going to be writing the script, but uh, I love the raid. I know the action scenes going to look crazy. And, you know, Joe Manganiello is a pretty big dude. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, you definitely could fill out the the um, the physicality. You know. I just wonder yeah. if they're going to really get in deep with the character and really like kind of explain how that character works. You know what I mean? Or if he's just going to be another dude with a gun. I know, man. I want I want them to do to do a good job at like getting into the character. I don't want him to just be uh, the Punisher part. You know, the DC version of the Punisher. Like, there's they're not the same character. They, they, you know, they they have different origins. There's, you know, there's more to there's different things that they go through. Different motivations too, his, right? His, different motivations, right? This is what his second um, comic book film. Mm. Oh, was the first? Well, the first was Spider Man. He was oh flesh, yeah, but he, he was, was just bully com- number one. I mean, yeah, <laughs> pretty, pretty much handle it as bully, is, is, is bully number one. You know, that's well, I mean, he was. I just in- don't want these fans to get confused between Marvel and DC. You know what I'm saying? Mm. <laughs> I gotta say though, I gotta give it to him that that Pee Wee's Big Day Off or Big Holiday or whatever that Netflix made a couple of years ago, he was pretty yeah. great in that. He was pretty yeah. good in that. He had a lot of good comedic chops. So uh, he is see. the nerd though. I, yeah, like, yeah. I know him and um, uh, some other guy. I think um, one of the guys from Heroes have been trying to get a Dungeons and Dragons script off the ground as a new right. So well, doesn't he play D and D with like Vin Diesel or somebody? He does. In fact, Sofia Vergara yeah. was on. Uh, I'm trying to think. It was Conan the other day talking about the oh, fact that he. Yeah, plays, I saw that. Idea. That he plays D and D. It's like she said. You know, uh, when they moved in their house, it used to be a wine cellar, but now it's his D and D room, and he's got. <laughs> Right, not, I would totally do the same thing if I was rich. Yeah. I'd have a, I'd have a nice yeah. layout for my D and D. Oh yeah, oh, you know I would absolutely. But I, I like it's not like he's it's it's a difference between somebody trying to say they're they're all into this stuff after they get hired. Like he really is. Like I remember hearing him on the Nerdist when he was talking about how he goes to the comic shop and all that kind of stuff. Which I don't need. Like I, I think some some people might need that for you to like uh, an actor for a character. I don't care one way or the other as long as they do a good job. But he actually is, you know, somebody that is into these characters. So I, it, I would think he would, you know, that that is encouragement that he'd want to pull it off as best oh, he can. Yeah. You know, maybe and not make him just, you know, not make Deathstroke just some dude with a gun who's just gonna kill everybody. Right, exactly. Although I like some of those stories of of actors going in for like when John Bernthal talked about Punisher and all that, and he talked to the guy behind the counter that told mm-hmm. him you need this title, that title, and his last words were, "Don't fuck it up." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I always just like I don't even pay attention to that stuff as long. I mean, as long as they're gonna do their job, that's all I need. Like I don't need the I don't need them to to try to go crazy yeah. trying to read all the source material because it really doesn't matter it's the scripts no it's gonna it's how they it's gonna determine how they're gonna do this thing but so. i mean you do you do from time to time I, I know that like when you watch the behind the scenes footage of Zack snyder on watchmen right he had right. a copy of watchmen right there with a whole bunch of post-it notes in it yeah he was in I've it seen the, he was involved. i've right, seen the right. same thing with the russo brothers um right. uh, jim starlin went and did a, a set visit um, of the uh, Infinity War movie because uh, you know they're cool like that and they'll let Jim you know they'll come and get a um, a plane to bring Jim Starlin to the set which was, I thought it was awesome but he had, he tweeted a picture of the Infinity Gauntlet you know uh, omnibus mm-hmm. with a bunch of post-it notes coming out of it so I agree it is the script and it is the actors or whatever but I mean the source material is 
Usually no, present. if you're gonna, I mean, but the uh, the actors really don't have much of a say so unless they have like a producer credit. But the right. showrunner, like the movie, the people that are directing and and doing that kind of stuff, it does. They, I think, they do need to know some of the source material that they're mm-hmm. working from. They didn't need to know that, but the oh, actors, totally. they could just. I mean, it's nothing they can do. Like they could say they want to do this. And the showrunner would tell them, no, you're not. <laughs> that's, that's just not what I want you to play it. Like, and they have to just do what they, you know, pretty much what they tell them. So, right. like, the people in charge are the ones that I right. worry about when they say, I don't care anything about the source material. I kind of like, you got to wonder if Mark Webb ever picked up a Spider-Man comic in his life. I don't know. I don't think that was kind of his fault. I mean, the things he put together, listen, he made me believe that, and they were together, but he did make me believe that uh, Peter Parker loved um, what's her face uh, before she dies? Gwen Stacy. Like well, he yeah, that, that up, aspect I mean. of it. This is the five hundred. The the that dude. You know, I mean, he knows how to do that. Yeah, but, but I mean, I think he. I, to me, I think he cat the the things that messed up in those films were were the the add ons that Sony pretty much would like you have to do i don't think it was the way i don't think the character moments were not i don't i think the character moments were there for me i think i thought he was peter parker you could join uh, daryl and uh, chubb on their new Sp- amazing spider cast <laughs> directly <laughs> after <laughs> taking place directly after the dc tv podcast yeah. so yeah. um the other dc movie we got announced this week was um uh, well it's been announced already but we got zachary right. levi has been cast as Shazam, as Captain Marvel, uh, from Chuck. Now I always get him confused with the guy who played Jim on The Office, uh, John Krasinski. I think. Well, you know, I get my white people confused. I do all too. Time. White people all look the same to me too, man. Exactly. Because because I don't see race. I don't see race. Yeah, okay? yeah, I don't see race. <laughs> I don't see race. But <laughs> it's like Stephen Colbert. I don't see race. Well, I'm a huge fan of Chuck, so I, yeah. I'm excited to have him see how well he does at this role. So. I think it could be a Chris Pratt thing where he does like the physical transformation and gets bulked Man, up. Yeah, he's got it. the body frame for it. That's, I yeah. don't think that. I think that'd be like the least thing you have to worry about with him is getting in shape to to play this. That's gonna be a tough tough uh, role to sell too, man. Like yeah. trying to like distinguish him from Superman, you know, make him mm-hmm. you know kind of stand on his own. This is also one of the DC movies that isn't as connected, you know, as the uh, mainline story or whatever, you know. It's kind of going to be on, be on his own. If he can channel his Chuck vibe, like, Chuck was pretty much like a... He had such a childlike uh, innocence about him throughout yeah. the series. I think I think that's probably why they picked him. But then when he needs to be serious, he kind of can bring it. Like, he, he was able to kind of bring that to the, to the character. So I think that's why they... They probably picked him to play this part. Like he's played dark too when he needs to play dark, but I, I know they want to go with the more family-oriented version of this. You know, like the original, where it's a kid. You know, is the kid at the heart of it. Chuck think, is also, I think, the first show I saw. Uh, what's her name that plays Maggie on The Walking Dead? On I think that's the first time I've seen her. Was on uh, Chuck. Lauren Cohen. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, she was in. She was in the last two seasons of Chuck as as, oh, okay. as she was the big bad kind of, oh. oh, and Timothy okay. Dalton was her father. I remember Vaughn Strahovski, I think her name was. 
Oh yeah, so. she's great. Oh man, she's also Miranda on uh, Mass Effect video games. Uh, Justice League is hitting a tracking with uh, between a 110 million and 120 million opening. That's mm-hmm. dependent on pre-sales and uh, um, surveys and uh, and other marketing uh, voodoo. So that's a pretty decent opening. The movie's too long, it's too short, it's too long, it's too short. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing. They had the running time come out, and it's shorter than Batman v Superman, so everybody is... All the fanboys are either up in arms, A, because it's not long enough, or B, that it's too long. So It's too long, it's too Pick short. your side. Well, I, I, I missed that. What was the running time they announced? It's like just it's like two hours and ten, right? It's like just over two hours. Well, yeah. that's perfect, then. Yeah. No, it's too long, it's too short. No, it's too short. No, it's, it's too long. long. It's we too need to have controversy. Come on, Chad. I, I know. Get with it, man. I'm just worried about with as many changes and edits that they've had to do and reshoots and this, that, and the other, is I'm hoping it, it comes out okay. Yeah, me too. Especially since the other superhero movies opening, uh, what, this week, right? Uh, Thor's. Is, yep, the Thor's is with the Ragnaroks. It's the Thor's is in the Ragnaroks. Ragnarok and roll. Okay. Uh, let's move on to our TV show, shall we, gentlemen? Let's, let's do it. All right, dude. Let's move. Let's go on to Gotham. This is wrong. We have three episodes of Gotham to talk about. My bad. We have oh, to go, go through them quick. Uh, Demon's Head was directed by Ben McKenzie. It was directed by Gordon, oddly enough. Um... Bruce has uh, a, an expert named Niles Winthrop uh, and his grandson study the knife of Rachel Gould, the one that we learned all about last episode. Remember we had the big flashback at the beginning of the episode? The history of Rach. Um, Rach shows up later, kills Niles, and Alex escapes with a knife. Uh, Bruce tells Jim about it, and they find Alex, and they're attacked by Rach's psychotic enforcers. Um, how do you feel about Alexander Siddig as Rach? You liking him? I think he's playing it very well. I think he, a uh, little sadistic bastard that he is. I think uh, I'm enjoying him as, as Raish, even though I had, to, I had to forget about him as with the other character he used to play, because he used to play uh, Bashir on Star Trek, which was right, such a different character. Yeah, very different. Amazing. No, I'm liking him. I mean, on two aspects. One, I think he's playing the character very well, and two, I think they got him, he looks so much like the animated series race that I'm like, yeah, that's good fan service right there, because he looks good and he plays it well. Yeah, if they could dub in David Warner's voice, it would be perfect, right? (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Yep, exactly. Uh, Hello, detective. Anyway, uh, Bruce and Alex escape the scene. Uh, Raish visits, visits the Gotham City Police Department as a Nanda Parabat official. Hmm. Oh, my. Is. Stephen Amell runs in. Wait, you can't say that? Oh. <laughs> uh, Alfred arrives and tells Jim about the previous activities of Raish, who escapes. Alex and Bruce return to the museum. That's where the knife is hidden. They recover it, and the uh, enforcers attack them just as Jim arrives and kills one. And lures the others away. And this is when Raish holds Alex hostage, demands the knife, and Bruce, which Bruce deems too important. Raish is impressed and kills Alex and is arrested. Right, I'm going to start man. calling Gordon. I'm going to start calling him Jim 10 seconds too late Gordon because he always shows up <laughs> just about 
ten or less seconds too late to very have done true. something. Yeah, very true. He could guest on uh, Fear of the Walking Dead, and everybody would be dead, and he'd be there ten seconds too late. I'm saying <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, never <laughs> on time, man. Never. Or Carmine's uh, daughter, Sophia. Um, Cobblepot threatens her not to contemplate a takeover. Um, he uses her to trap and execute a bunch of Falcone loyalists. And then, and then, completely trusting her, tells her it's Jim that was part of her takeover plan, too. Um, so she's playing Gordon and trying to play Cobblepot. Yup, and I knew it. I knew she couldn't be trusted. I knew she okay. still, I mean, she still didn't forget. Like, I, I keep remembering every time Jim is like, I'm going to go to Fraconi, and every time they have to remind him, you just killed the man's son. Do you think they're just going to forget all that? Like, you think it's just going to be water under the bridge? Oh, sure, those mafia Even types, very both... forgiving. They're known for being yeah, very forgiving yeah, and forgetting about stuff all the time. They're known for. Right, I mean, and even though they both say, we know that, I mean, he was infected, blah, 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 but it doesn't matter. I mean, it's just like when a cop has to take down somebody's kid because they're in a gang and doing something stupid, you know, like in the Lethal Weapon movies or whatever, that one where he has to shoot the kid. It's like, they're not going to forgive you. They're not going to want to talk to you. It doesn't matter if it was justified or not. You killed their kid. And if they do talk to you and welcome you a little too quickly, something's up. You need to run scared. But you know, as fine as she is, I don't know if I'd be able to turn that. <laughs> um, Ed, Ed spends hours making up riddles to defy Cobblepot. And Cobblepot convinces Ed he is no longer the Riddler. All right. I'm really disliking this storyline with him. Yeah, I, it's like, I they thought him out too soon. Yeah. They thought they thought yeah. him out too soon. It should have it should have worked their way back up to that again, like getting him out. Like that should be like a a season a mid season finale should be him getting out. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying one way or another, I'm not liking this whole. I have brain damage and I'm going to reverse it through whatever means. Well, I, it's I so silly. I, I mean. It just seems like a dumb B plot line going this on in the show. So here. silly, like it's almost like it's not even real. Like, but it's got. I mean, Gotham is yeah, dumb B plot line, like being frozen in a giant block of ice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and being melted out by your number one fangirl, and then who immediately dies. Yeah, um, yeah, it's just so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous, but it's funny. It, but it's like. You got brain damage, but the only brain, the only damage to your brain is you can't tell riddles. You can't tell good yeah. riddles. Like, well, I do love seeing him play off of Grundy now, though. That's been interesting. Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. But it's just so. But Gotham is like a ridiculous show, and it's I, I, which is why I love it. It knows what it is. Oh I yeah, just, and I like, agree. But I'm just saying, even this, this, this. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's just a little be, too yeah. ridiculous. You come out it's of the, like I, Balloon Man, ridiculous. Right, right. Ooh, like don't, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, yeah, that was. Worse. Don't, don't. That was, that was uncalled for. Okay, come on. <laughs> They've come a long way since the Balloon Man, dude. Come on. True, come on. true. Never, never forget. <laughs> we won't. We were there for the days of the Balloon we Man. Were there. We made it through. <laughs> we did. Never forget. I, I give this episode a straight up B. It was I mean, that was cold blooded with Ray and the kid, man. Damn. Yeah, was, they don't always find a solution. I yeah. was not expecting that on a primetime television show at all. Oh, he sliced the kid. Throw it. Damn. 
there's been a lot of things in this show over the last few years that it's like I would never expect them to do that in prime time. Oh, yeah, and they watched no him bleed. Like they left the body there and the blood coming out. Like they didn't even cut, you know, and move on. They let you see the victim. And it's gonna you know? get worse with Professor Pig on the way. Oh hell yeah! I, mean, I can only, I can't even imagine the sick, depraved things. That they're gonna sneak in on Gotham with with Professor Pig being on the show. I really think it was Walking Dead that like kind of threw the the gauntlet on this. You Maybe I mean? you're right. Yeah, yeah, you might be right on that. So I give this episode a straight up B. I thought it was. I thought it was pretty. And I agree with the, the Enigma brain image thing being kind of stupid. But um, there were so many other good things in here that I enjoyed. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. B. Same same reasons. I enjoyed it. What do you think, Rich? Yeah, I, I, I'd say a B. I maybe a B minus because of some of the ridiculousness with Riddler. But um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm. You brought up Professor Pig, and I'm excited to get to that because oh, that totally. is one of my favorite. Yeah. Well, let's get to the next episode, uh, The Blade's Path. It was on uh, October nineteenth, and. Uh, this is uh, after Alex's funeral and learning that Raish has applied for diplomatic immunity. Diplomatic immunity. Daryl gets the cues every time. He's a professional. <laughs> um, Bruce takes the knife and vows to kill him at Blackgate. Yeah. Um, Raish says goodbye to his new apprentice, Barbara, after giving her an unknown mystical power. That's right. I give you the hand, girl. I give you the hand. <laughs> I, mean, I wanted to ask you, Rich, are you happy with the way they brought back Barbara with the new haircut? No, new? I no. am so sick of her. I what? I do not like Barbara. I have not liked Barbara, and I will not like Barbara. Wow. Or green yeah. eggs and ham while we're at it, but still. Say, would you like her on a box? Would you like Damn. her with a fox? I don't know that character. There's been times that I've like really liked it, but that's few and far between. Most of the time, that character is just annoying, and oh, she's I... super annoying now. And this, I, I just, I, I know, I know people don't stay dead in comics, but come on, kill, send her to sleep with the fishes, Moon. What? I don't get why you not like her. She's great. Like I don't, I don't, I don't see any. She's like a mixture of uh, of of a little bit of Harley, a little bit of a little bit, bit of Mercy, 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 Graves. yeah, a little bit of Mercy Graves, little like she's a best. I love I, I love her, man. She, I love that crazy woman. I and she's only died woman. twice. Come on, yeah, she went yeah. insane one time, but she only died twice. Come on, and Gotham, nobody stays. Know, how many dead. times has Penguin died now? At least three. He's been shot and drowned like what three, four times. Oh, yeah. he is a penguin. He's a... Yeah. Um, upon arriving at Blackgate, Bruce is ambushed by Raish and the League, who are in disguise. Ooh. Of course. Uh, when Alfred reports him missing to Gordon, take a drink because that happens almost every episode. This, you uh, know what? <laughs> Just a couple of drinking games. Every time Bruce makes the declaration of something, that should be a drink. Yes. Every time Gordon Every time misses, Alfred comes to tell Gordon that he's missing. Right. That <laughs> should be a drink. Every time Gordon misses when a carrot when when henchmen look at each other, they give each other the eye like they're about to jump them. 
they right. do it every time, and he never catches it. Like, as soon as they said, we need your guns, and then they look at each other like, we're going to get him. We got him. We're going to kill you any minute. He, like, he never catches anything. He, no cues. He just walks yeah. in. He stumbles into every trap. Like, he never beats a trap. But a couple times now, I, I, I'm thinking about the electrocutioner, the, yeah. the, the touch virus, and yeah. with the, the, um, the fear juice, he was able to win through using water. Yeah. Like, usually by turning on a sprinkler system. <laughs> like, what the hell? Is this a M. Night show? I don't know, man. But yeah, that would be another thing for the Gotham drinking game. Um, they arrive at Blackgate to subdue the League of Assassins. I don't know how that was possible. A cop uh, and a butler take out the League of Assassins. Okay, sure. Sure. Um, Rosh, uh, Rosh states no, that not. he is uh, cursed to an eternity and provokes Bruce into killing him, mm-hmm. breaking the curse and rendering him into a decayed corpse. After Bruce decides not to be a vigilante anymore, and Alfred packs up the suit, his little baby Batman suit, until he can move on. I'm going to call him Baby Arrow because he quits all the time, too. R.I.P. Baby Batman. There you go. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we'll get to that, too. Meanwhile, Butch Gilzine's body is dumped in waters owned by Indian Hill. Oops. He is revived with no no memory, premature language, pale skin. Solomon Gundy, born Mm. on a Monday. Loves country music. Strength. Assuming the name Solomon Grundy. That's right. He encounters and befriends Enigma, who enlists him to a wrestling ring where Lee is working as a medic. Of course. Yeah, because what else is Lee going to do but work as a medic in a wrestling ring? Right. Well, I thought that too until until we got to this week's episode. At least there's a a good reason behind her motivation of doing it now. When she first popped up in this episode, I'm like, that makes no sense. But now it does. So, um, Sophia attempts to level with Cobblepot, and the two begin bonding. So, that was the Blade's Path. This is the second time Bruce has committed murder on this show. Have we mentioned that? Yeah. Like he, he, he killed Alfred, you know, right. and then brought him back, and now he's killed Rachel. So, and I'm I, sure Rage will be back. Though. Oh, I'm totally, he'll totally be back, but I don't yeah. know if I like my Batman killing people. I know Batman is, I know I'm old fashioned or whatever, but I want him in a motorcycle with guns a blazing and bombs shooting at Sure, of course. Yeah. Um, everybody. But other than that, I give this one a, a B minus. The Solomon Grundy stuff is awesome. I'm so, oh, yeah. So, so, oh, yeah. I'm so pumped and psyched for that. So, yeah. I'll give this one a B minus, I suppose. This whole yeah, season I, has been pretty good, though. Yeah, strong season, I think. I liked it. I totally enjoyed this season. It gets a B again. Like, I, I don't have complaints about it. I don't really have complaints about this season. I, I was going to go with a C, but I think the Grundy stuff made it up to a B for me. As... Yeah, I think it's pretty awesome. And then really finally, this, this week's episode, Hog Day Afternoon. Professor Big! It's a very famous movie called Dog Day Afternoon, so that's a play. That's right. I love that movie. Um, Attica, Attica. You know, as much as everyone slags on Grant Morrison's run on Batman, he did give us Professor Pig. Yep. So there you go. 
A man wearing a pig's head begins killing police officers, acting as Cobblepot's bagman. God damn, what is the shelf life of a Gotham City Police Department person on this, personnel on this show? Like a week? And listen. If, well, that. If, if, the if signing bonus week, has to be what... huge. <laughs> <laughs> if they make it a week, that's when they get their gold watch. Right. Oh, I see. I just see the signing bonus. Wow, I can't believe they're paying me 50 grand a week for my first three weeks. Wow. <laughs> Oh, did you sign the thing? Great. Pop, pop, dead. Okay, next. Um, they figure out, um, Gordon and Bullock kind of figure out that the, deuce, the killer is trying to uh, fight corruption because these are officers were all Cobblepot's bag men. Um, Gordon and Bullock find the last target, but they're too late. As Daryl said, 10 minutes too late. <laughs> and uh, the two are captured. Uh, Gordon frees himself before the killer cuts Bullock's throat to facilitate his escape. Uh, Gordon tells Bullock that he knows he has also been on Cobblepot's payroll, and he tells him to cut it out. Stop it. Um, Professor Pig is revealed to have larger scale plans, however. Uh, meanwhile, Cobblepot suspects Sophia's intentions and confronts her, but is deceived again when he learns that she has been constructing an orphanage Okay. Man, she is really playing the long game for the long con, you know? Yes. <laughs> now, that orphanage... I mean, I'm assuming... Uh, I'll say, I, I'm assuming the whole orphanage thing was just more for her to tug at his heartstrings because right. he's an orphan. Right. It made me think of the Lego Batman movie, though. What, about the orphanage? Yeah. Because yeah. in the beginning, think... like he stops and drops off. Oh, never mind. You'll okay. never know, Daryl, because you'll never watch it. But Rich I know. and I, I, Rich knows what I'm talking about. I know what uh, you're talking about. Okay. I was thinking of my Arkle. I thought of, they were doing something with that. Hmm. Remember that uh, character from DC? Oracle. Yeah, Ma, Ma Arkle. She did the orphanage where she uh, uh, raised kids to to be uh, killers and stuff. Right. Jason, remember Jason oh, yeah. Todd went there. Yep. 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 They were teaching them to be criminals, basically. It was, a, it was a criminal training ground. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if that's not what this becomes. That's mm. weird, because Morrison did something like that, too, in Batman Incorporated. It was a private, yeah. it was a private school for assassins. Yeah. 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 I liked Batman Incorporated a lot more than most people. I Me, actually, too. I enjoyed it. I, I liked it a lot. I've got, the, I've got the hardcover. I love um, me stars in Batman, so I'm Yeah, me too, man. I really like this one. Exactly. Uh, even, Nigma begins making money using Grundy. Uh, he tries to hire Tompkins to restore his genius. She's not a neurosurgeon, is she? No, no. it's not that easy. I don't know where you get it. Where you could just walk in and be like, "You're done." What do you think she's gonna do? After running out of medicine in her private clinic, she accepts Nigma's offer. Hmm. So she's yeah, she's still evil. Yes, a little bit. A little bit. Aren't they all though? Uh, yeah, Professor but we learn. Oh. Oh. Say, but we learn about her clinic, and that's the reason she's doing this. So she's not like all the way evil. Well, the ends justify the means with her, just like someone else I remember her no. having that argument with that it doesn't justify the means. But I'm psyched to see Professor Pig. This was cool. This was a cool episode. Very I much. Give, so. I give this one a B plus. Um, for all that stuff. 
Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it a lot, and I liked that they're using that character because that, that fits in with the Gotham weirdness very well. Right. Oh, totally. <laughs> totally. I, I actually would give this one an A, probably A minus. Um, I think that this was my favorite episode so far of this season. Hmm. So, mostly because of Professor Pig, because I really love that character. Yeah, it is really surreal and grotesque, and in a way that Batman hadn't dealt with in a way you know before he came along. So yeah, for sure, uh, uh, it's very rare too that like an established character like Superman or Batman or whatever gets a new villain that really sticks or isn't just a copy of a villain they've come up against before. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's yeah. rare that you know they come up with a truly original villain that really has a you know gets a grip on the readers' imaginations. You know, so. Well, like you said, Grant Morrison did a great job creating it, and then even um, Scott Snyder's written Professor Pig into some of his stuff, and yes, yeah. was really good, really awesome. good, awesome sauce. Uh, let's move on to Supergirl. What do you say? All right. Uh, the first episode we're going to talk about aired October sixteenth. It's called Triggers, and this introduces us to the metahuman bank robber called Psy, who is pretty much the Scarecrow. <laughs> Um, I thought that too. And this is something that Daryl and I are uh, both mentioned on Nothing's On when we talked about this episode. When she hits um, Kara with the you know her whammy or whatever, to bring up her deepest fear. Why is her deepest fear about Monel? Yeah. Wouldn't her deepest fear like be losing her 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 sister or you know her adoptive family or? Because Jim, we can't have more than one episode go by without her brooding about his loss. Oh, yes, we can, because the one episode after this, she does. <laughs> it, when it got better, when the show got better, they, they did that. Yeah. I just, it just seemed like there's so many other things she'd be afraid of, you know. That, 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 remember, I, I talked to, again, something I said, nothing's on, um, that Justice League uh, monologue that Superman tells Darkseid about how the whole world is made out of cardboard and eggshells for him. Yeah, and like, like he has to be yeah. super careful. Like every time he touches someone or mm-hmm. leans against a wall or whatever, that he doesn't break it down just by you know by accident or reflex, you know. And like you know, I mean, I would think that would be her greatest fear that she would accidentally like you know hug her sister and lose control and crush her skull or yeah. something. How does that not drive you crazy? Like, there's so much they could do with the show, and they just keep like pushing the melodramatic stuff into it, and it's just. It's, oh, I don't know. It's just overdoing it to me. Like this, well, this is starting off a weak season to me already. Like I, I really, I agree. Not, not digging the show right now. Like I'm, I'm, I'm having a better time following the Alex storyline than I am the Supergirl storyline. Oh yeah. Oh totally. Yeah. And it shouldn't more, be that way. It should not much be more that going way. Going on with Alex right now. Yeah, it's more going on. Yeah. yeah. My big bit, my big beef with the Supergirl lately is, are the way they're introducing the Samantha and Ruby characters. Like, yeah, it's just, it's just like, hey, here's some new characters we're introducing to the cast. It's like no connection there at all. It's like no reason no no. for them to be in the story other than, hey, we have new characters we're going to show you. You know. Yeah, and now they're doing it by circumstance, like they, you know, like this is this is how they're connected or whatever. And she ends up being like Lena's replacement at Elcor or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, what a coincidence! Because there's only one other actor in the whole damn city. You know. exactly. And who is she supposed to be? Rain. She'll be Rain. 
Rain is like a Kryptonian genetic super weapon that was like a sleeper thing. Look up the look it up on Wikipedia. There's more backstory than I could really go into right now. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, it's, it's more to it. But anyway, but okay. Kara overcomes it. I think it was um uh was it um oh never mind. Um, Kara overcomes her fear and arrests Sai. Uh, Lena decides to run Capco personally taking James by surprise, but creating fiction with Kara, who initially has difficulty separating work and their friendship, which makes no yeah. sense whatsoever. Yeah, you bring your ass to work. I don't, I don't know who told you. I don't well, know who I mean, told James you. Is to about, James, all right. All right. You know, first, in the first season, they had the romance between Kara and James, all right? Yeah. Then, yeah. by the beginning of season two, hard pass. That's done. All right. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, hard, I'm hard, hard stop, slam the brakes, go through the windshield. Yeah, I don't right? love you no more. Yeah, it's done. So now Jimmy is her, or James, I'm sorry, is her boss and and her friend. Mm-hmm. For a whole freaking yeah. season, it's been like this. Yeah. But now that Lena, her other friend, is her boss, she has trouble. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't, listen. Is it the I, sexual tension between her and Lena? Is that what it is? <laughs> I don't know, but all I know is. I hope so. Uh, <laughs> nobody, when you say. <laughs> Don't come to work. You know the stories I already have. My fan fiction. Uh, you know when when you're not uh, feeling well. Guess who cares? Nobody. Like if you're heartbroken because of some dude and you ain't you you still gotta come to work. Yep. Like I don't I don't know when that became the the okay thing to do. I'm gonna call in heartbroken for work. Yeah, yeah, that's not a thing. Go ahead and make your next call to the unemployment line, okay? Yeah, that doesn't work on your time card. You can't, you no. can't say heartbroken. And like, how work. long has Mom L been gone now? How long is she gonna be off, yeah. off work, heartbroken? Yeah. You know? That's what Ugh. your boss says. Uh, why are you still working here? I'm like, I'm ready to fire you, son. Uh, I already like, fired you, you for go. that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You come to work. Like, don't tell me. I'll think about it later. Like when you say some shit, like I need you to do something. You don't sit there and go, uh, can't you get someone else to do it? Like, what? No, no, I'm your boss, and this is what I'm paying you to f- do, do it. Like, like, what? Like, who told uh, you? I, like, wait, wait a minute. I um, see now. So Rain came up, was first appearance in the new 52 Supergirl, which I did not read because I thought it was bad. So. Uh, um... Samantha's daughter Ruby puts herself in danger to test whether her mother has superpowers or not, but she's rescued by Kara instead. Uh, guess what? Uh, uh, Samantha learned. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I just gotta say, for a child to do some shit like that, your mom need to whip your ass. I'm sorry. <laughs> if my one of my kids did, they'd ask to be whooped. They wouldn't come out of their room till they're yeah, 18. Yeah, yeah, you. Because you think I might be a superhero? You're going to walk into it? Man, let me tell you something. Really Get your ass, your ass back in that room. <laughs> it ain't, it ain't going to be a hug. You're not going to get a hug at the end Does of that. Does she know what she is, though? No. Or is she just discovering this? She did, She's just discovering. Haven't you been watching yeah. the? They do it in oh, every... Yeah. At the end of it, remember, they do a little scene at, at the end of each episode where she's, like, trying to test something, and she... It, to see, you know, remember she right. tried to bend right. the. I don't think she knows. She didn't know. Well, it, yeah, it looks well, like she looks confused. Like, well, Clark knew who he was too, but still was learning things as he went along. So I just wasn't sure if she knows. She's I, I don't think she. I thought. think in that first again, episode. Again, I don't know this character. So. 
think, I think so, I think in that first episode with the the um, the, the um, submarine and all that, where she saved mm-hmm. her daughter, I think that's where like the first time she ever realized she had like extra powers or whatever. Right. I think that that's what that was. Yeah. I think. The that's way what she I reacted. thought. I just wasn't sure. So. Yeah. yeah she reacted. Uh, but yeah, as I like if one of my kids put her, themselves in danger because they thought I was a superhero, I'd, be, I'd show them my superpower whooping their ass. Uh-huh. <laughs> I got this, I think this thing called a, a super belt. Carol <laughs> takes them out to the murder shed. And it has a power to, to bring destruction to that ass. Yeah, so you're going to be crying for real. You, you think you're going to be all right. You're going to learn today not to do no dumb shit like that. Next time I'll let the pole fall on you. <laughs> Man. Alex learns that Maggie does not want children. This is going to end up being a thing where it's going to drive them apart. Obviously. Oh my gosh! Could they make it any more obvious that this is yeah, going to be I the know. thing that drives them apart? Um, John receives a telepathic summons from Mars from Magan, Ooh. urging him to come to Mars immediately. That was the most exciting part of this episode. I give this it one. Sure a, I give this one a hard C, a hard C minus. Oh man, it gets a C minus for me too. I'm I so done not happy. Not this happy is still that. triggers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I'm. I'm. The next solid episode. Okay, solid. let's talk about a much better episode. At least I thought. Yes. Anyway, far from the tree. Yes. Uh, this is an excellent episode. I thought. Very much. John so. tells Karen and Alex about McGon's message. And Kara convinced, or um, Alex convinced John to take Kara for help, which is a good move. Uh, the duo go to Mars in a spaceship. They encounter Magan in the Resistance, and they reveal to have found John's father, Marin, played here which by Carl you? Lumbly, who played the Martian Manhunter in the cartoon. Mm-hmm. The real Martian Manhunter. I'm sorry, David Harewood, you're awesome. But this is yeah, a real but you ain't the real. You ain't the real. <laughs> this is a real one, okay? But you since like you brought up the ship they took to Mars, I really like John's ship. That is yeah. cool. Yeah, that was it a is. funny thing. That was a cute, funny. Yeah, uh, this is good, my spaceship. Yeah, yeah. I like Maybe how he well. set it up. I like how he set it up. But uh, having him play his dad was perfect, dude. I was oh, so yeah. pleased that it that worked so well. Hearing that voice, they'd only had a cameo from Phil Lamar you know, as um, John Stewart. That would really fill it out. Oh, right? now you want to make me cry. <laughs> Marin was uh, forced to give the government the location of the Staff of Kolar, a psychic weapon that can defeat the Resistance. Uh, John rescues his father, but his father initially believes that John is a white Martian in disguise trying to mess with him. But Kara eventually convinces him to let John prove his identity. Yeah, because he wouldn't let, you know, like, I liked it. Like, they, he wouldn't use his, because they've been doing all these terrible things to him to get him to, to tell them the truth. Right. And he wouldn't use his telepathy, because they've been trying to fool him with, uh, you know, with the, the hallucinations and stuff. So I like that that's the cover. It made perfect sense. That's why when John got there, it was like, it, w- it wasn't a quick fix. Like, he's there. We get the staff. Of course, he would think it was another manipulation, and he closed his mind off. This was so a well written episode. Made sense. Yeah. They get the uh, the location. The resistance defeats the government operatives, and they get the staff back. It's entrusted to John, and he goes back to Earth with his dad and Kara. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, don't, don't you kill him. Don't you sorry. kill him. That's all I'm saying. Just don't you kill him. Yeah, I don't want to kill him. Don't you know. do that. Meanwhile, Eliza throws Alex and Maggie a bridal shower. Uh, Alex convinced Maggie to invite her father 
but he he shows up, but he still cannot tolerate her homosexuality. That is weak. Uh, yeah, she tells him that she, that she no longer needs him because mm-hmm. she has a family who accepts her. However, she tells Alex that she still does not want children. I, that was kind of funny, though. She was like, nah, it wasn't about my dad being a dick. It was just, I just don't want kids. I just don't want kids. <laughs> It's like, it's like okay, no. we get it. This is why they're gonna break up. All right, yeah. we get it. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was almost. Like I really expected. hope not, though. I mean, uh, it's, it's CW, so you know yeah. when they're going to. But it's gonna be. I really they, like them. I Darryl really Cole, like though, them. And I, 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 um, I agree with Daryl's theory that that they're gonna break up because she doesn't want kids, and then um, she's gonna end up hooking up with the Samantha and like being a, a surrogate mom kind of or a stepmom to uh, Ruby. Yeah, I think that's where it's gonna go. Because I, the, I, I the can, actress is leaving. The actress is leaving. I mean, she doesn't. Yeah. She couldn't commit to a full season. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, we had it in the. Didn't we have it in the news that she her change yep. from Floriana Lima. Her, her status changed from a, a regular a Caesar a series regular to a part time. So she's only going to be doing a certain amount of episodes. Oh, well, that makes sense then. So I give this episode an A because the Mars stuff was awesome. I loved it. Great. I wish I, I'd do more stuff like this. I also give it an A for agree with Jim because it is definitely <laughs> an A episode. This was a this was a really good one, especially after the weak sauce from the week before. Oh man, that was weak sauce. Yeah, it was. That's totally. So yeah, I'm with you. I agree. We on we on the same page. Most definitely. I loved it. Sweet. Let's move on to the Flash. Did you know that Iris and Barry are the Flash? Not just Barry. I learned that I, this week. I didn't know. I see a wave of hate for Iris coming now. I don't know why, but I see it online when I look at reviews. I think it's because Iris is like calling is is like the shock caller now, kind of. You know, you know, like she. Well, like in this episode, she's the one who tells Barry to throw lightning at himself to short out the scene, right. right, and stuff like that. But she's not I don't, like she's a woman. I don't, I don't get what the deal is. Like she's not the, the boss. Is. She's not the boss, but she's just being. She's just able to kind of call plays. All she is just calling plays. Like she's when they're doing in the, the Felicity field. thing. She's doing the Felicity. Right. Thing. She's doing that Felicity thing. She's calling plays in the field. Like I don't. I don't see what the the big I'm, deal is. I I'm totally cool with it, but there's still something that just feels not right about it. Not because it's her or she's a woman. I just I don't. I don't know, maybe because the dynamic is so different, I just got to get used to it, but it just doesn't feel the same. I'm glad they're giving her something to do other than, like, they're reporting and stuff. They oh, I leaned, agree. They haven't leaned into that in a while, you know. No, she totally, um, she's forgotten. I don't even think she got a job. But she's going to have to get back to it at some point because she has to write that article in the future, right? Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. As, much as, as much as Barry puts on his condom and gets with the timeline, who knows? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, this episode is called Mixed Signals. It aired October 17th, and um, it starts out with a guy being beaten to death with an elevator. <laughs> that was, <funny. laughs> that was uh, interesting. I know in real life that could never happen because nah. it was, but it was an interesting. It's too many redundant kill, though. But, yeah. yeah. It was an interesting kill, though. Uh, somehow the elevator moves itself up and down, up and down, and you see the word kill gore written on the side of the elevator or whatever. In the little like um, uh, control panel or what have you, uh, Barry, Joe, and then Cisco report to a crime scene. I love when Cisco is coming on the scene, it's like showing his little plastic badge. 
Do you remember that? In this episode? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, this makes it official. It's a badge. It makes it, it's, it's official. You know, making a big deal out of it. So this um, goes back on, back to his old self, which I like. They discover yep. the, oh, yeah, totally. Uh, they discover remnants of mysterious uh, code, like computer code. Um, just in the and in the same uh, just in the same time, Cisco presents Barry with a new super suit. Mm-hmm. A little Full bit Iron Man. Tech. A little bit Iron Man for me. For a little case. bit. <laughs> had a power can power cannon. Um, it had repulsor rays. God dang it. Yep. He uh, he tested out. He tries to save someone from a haywire car that's caused by. Kilgore, and this is a very different version of Kilgore than the comic. This is like a dude oh, yeah. uh, named Ramsey Deacon. Yeah. Uh, Gypsy arrives on Earth one for a date with Cisco, but Cisco is forced to cancel it so they can focus on the meta. Not me. Stop! Hit the brakes. That is some interdimensional hotness, there, dude. You're gonna you're gonna put that on hold. No. She Mm-mm. she came across dimensions to go on a date with you, dude. Mm-hmm. Guess on. what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna be like, y'all figure this out. I'll be back in the morning. Yep, you got that's this. We're good till that's tomorrow. That's how that do. Yeah, that we do it in the morning. I, Especially I, on what? What did she call it? Mating day? Well, he didn't know that, but yeah. But Caitlin, you got out. this, right? You ain't got nothing to do. Caitlin, you got this. Yeah, no doubt. Deuces. Instead, Caitlin d- suggests uh, that Iris and Barry go to couples therapy. This is where we find out that Iris and Barry are the Flash. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. Are the Flash. <laughs> I think people opposed to that, but yeah, they are the You can just see a big big cover of a comic book, you know, Flash issue, you know, 117, and like, Flash and Iris go to therapy. <laughs> it was funny, too. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um... Deacon kidnaps a witness who was previously a member of the tech team who sold him out of his idea. So that's what his beef is. His, uh, his idea was taken away by the uh, this other uh, techies. Um, Barry and Wally go to save him, but surprise, Deacon uses his abilities to make Barry's suit go crazy. Why would you? I don't know why you'd have a self-destruct mode. Although Cisco is like, "Hello, like we haven't gone after an evil version of Barry before. Never mind." <laughs> I know that was well, all that was funny. And then the uh, he inflation. hadn't gotten that far in the manual yet, which I love right. that. That when he says, "Oh, here's a manual," it's <laughs> a very geekiness and that was the, the only lost thing. point. That was the only lost point. You're the freaking flash. You could have read that manual in two seconds. <laughs> yeah. That was my and only that, geeky. That was my only geeky point. Thing well, there was like. another part too where he shoots um, Wally with like the pulse cannon or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me, Wally couldn't outrun that shit. Because he right. just kind of stands there and watches him do yeah, it, you know? Yeah, he totally did. You could tell it was one of those where it was like, all right, we we can't have both of them being, you know, being active. We got to put one to sleep, and then we got to have, you know, the other one uh, doing everything. I don't know why they don't – I don't know why that is the thing with, the, with some of the DCCW sometimes where they feel like they have to knock out one of them. One of the the heroes, one of the one of the metas. They always feel like they have to knock one out for the other one to fight. Like I don't know why they do that, or they take them off the page, or they find a way to quote unquote take them off the the page. Period. Like they got to go somewhere. Well, they like Wally in the next episode. I was exactly. just gonna say that. <laughs> exactly. Um, 
On Iris's instructions, Barry throws lightning at himself and it shorts out the suit and then he's able to take out Deacon pretty quickly. And now we get to see something we've been asking about since season one, the new meta wing of Iron Heights. That's what I've been wanting. Yeah. Instead of, that, you know, instead of locked up without a trial in, in the pipeline and what have you. Yeah, well, that makes no sense. Turns out he that uh, Kilgore is part of the Thinker's plan. Cisco finally does go out with Gypsy. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, brown cow. Wondering how Deacon gained his powers being absent during the Particle Accelerator incident, Barry and Joe learn from Deacon that there are others. Dun, dun, dun. What? This is... This is a pretty solid episode. I like the I like the vibe they're going with here. It's mm-hmm. much more like the first season again. I agree. Uh, I'm much happier with it than I was last season. So I nice. give this one I give this one a B plus. I know I'm handing out a lot of B's this week, but yeah, B plus on this. I like it though. I, I do. This is a B minus. I give it. I give it a B minus. I'm digging the show. I'm digging the season, man. Strong season so far. I agree. I'm right in the middle with a B. The next episode, or, uh, October 24th, Luck Be a Lady. Um, we start out with a series of flashbacks where we meet Becky Sharp, uh, a woman who has seemingly unending bad luck. In the flashback, they show how she ended up on a bus that we find out later is how all these people got their meta powers. When, uh, when Barry came back, uh, the portal he used to escape the Speed Force exposed the entire busload of people to transformative dark matter. So, I don't know if you ever read the Malibu comic or the Ultraverse comic, The Strangers. I did, man. But this is exactly the same premise. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Twelve strangers exactly. on a bus are given superpowers. Right. And they become a team. Yeah. Well, and of yeah. course it's Barry's fault. It is Barry's fault. Everything and is. so we get another hour or two of Barry saying, it's all my fault, I have to fix this. No, we don't. The cool part is, though, that we get more metas. So I'm down with that. We including including yeah, next yeah. week, which is called Elongated Journey into Night. So you can guess who's coming next week. The Plasma Man? Right. That's right. Oh. No, it's Doomsday, obviously, from that time. Right. I don't know what the big deal is. Why Why can't they just be metas? I mean, why Why does it have to I be? Don't I don't and know. And why do all of them have to turn out to be, a, you know, a bad guy? Couldn't some of them have become good i don't well, know why elong- elongated man is next week and he, he's a yeah he's guy. a good guy but well, I, that's true, yeah. I just don't know why they put sometimes they, they put some restrictions on them and i don't know they don't have to i don't there's right. no rule book that says they all metas have to be uh created be fair, by we, that we, huh? we, we've seen some metas that we don't know how they got their power Right, right. So I don't even know why they keep putting it in. Like, what was the big deal? Don't mention it. You just don't know. They became medicine. They became medicine. Yep. Yeah. Um, her, in the present day, Becky Sharp, and a.k.a. Hazard, robs the bank. And they use the actual Hazard costume from the comic, which is yep. like one of the weirdest looking costumes. It's got like dice on the front and uh, uh, arm garters and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at All least right. it makes sense here, you know, where she was coming from dealing. She was a dealer, right. so right. it makes sense to a point. But um, I don't know. I really dig this character. So. Oh, yeah, she was awesome, and the actress was great, too. Yeah. Um, she robbed a bank, and then she gets away when Barry slips on a buttload of marbles. Yeah. Uh, Earth 2 Harry arrives, 
and gives Wally a breakup cube. Ah, uh, which is so fucking lame. Yeah, <laughs> being broke up through text. You know, come yeah, on, have worse. some guts. It's worse. Yeah. But Jesse has decided to break up with him in order to focus on her vigilantism. Okay, let me ask you a question. Why wouldn't she want to invite him to be on her team? Yeah. He, he's yeah. not doing anything in Central City other than getting his ass knocked out. You right? ain't got no job. You ain't got nothing to and do. And if she really wants to focus on being a you know, big vigilante team, wouldn't two speedsters be better than one? Well, that's kind of what I was getting at the the vibe I was getting at the end of this episode when he's like, "I got to go find my own way" or whatever. I figured he was going to go off there to try and be with her on that team. What did we call that valley? Remember we called that valley this morning? What did we call it? Oh, yeah, it was the dramatic convenience valley. Yeah, that's basically where it's they the go. Valley of dramatic convenience. That's where he's going to yeah. go until he's. Yeah, convenient. Maggie's going to go there too. With I think uh, Thea, Thea from uh, Arrow, is going to go there. She's. Too, right? Well, she's in that coma, and but she's yeah, dreaming she her of her coma body. Yeah. She's dreaming of dramatic right. convenience valley. That's right. That's right. Uh, Cisco deduces that Becky's a metahuman with the power of favorable luck while inducing misfortune onto others. Um, Wells lets everyone know that Cisco or tells Cisco that Jesse has expelled him from her crime fighting team because of his bad attitude. Damn. <laughs> so they let him stay there. Uh, Becky's powers expand out of control, reactivating the particle accelerator, which Harry deliberately allows, nullifying Becky's powers and leading to her incarceration. Cisco and Harry identify 12 new metahumans created on the bus, and the latter suspects that an unknown party has manipulated events around Barry's return. Gee, could it be the thinker? The thinker? Uh, Wally decides to leave on a journey to find himself. Uh, right. The Thinker is revealed to be spying on Star Labs through the Samuroid helmet that is sitting right there on someone's desk. Uh, and, to end the episode on a corker, Joe learns that Cecile is pregnant. Dang. Uh, now, Joe, wrap my... him rascals, buddy. Seriously. <laughs> man, man. You think you know snip, that by now? Snip. I mean, a policeman would have, usually carries protection, I'm just saying. Well, just snip, snip. You know your girl. That was fine. You, go. you know you're going to want to get down, so just snip it, snip it, man. Now, I have a question with all the tech and sensors and all the alarms and all the other shit that Cisco has in Star Labs. How is a signal being sent out through that helmet not being detected at some point by his um, tech? Uh, I have a better question. Uh, why, would, why would unknown tech be sitting out loose on a fucking desk in the middle of their, like... Exactly. You know, the, the Not under a, nun, a, a nullify field or something. Or even in yeah. a box. How about in a box? <laughs> or a metal thing, like one of those container units. Yeah, like anything something. like that would work. Yeah. Exactly. You're absolutely so, right. I give this episode an A-, because I really loved everything except for that. So. Yeah, Especially yeah. Joe, Joe knocking up Cecile. I was like, what, what, what? Yeah, I lo loved everything except for the nonsensical way that they come up with to get rid of people. Like, and I, I do, there is a somebody who, uh, when we were talking on Nothing's On, they had such a valid question. When they sign these people to be on the show, mm -hmm. why don't they make sure that they pick people that they know are going to be available? For the amount of time they need them, so they won't run into these right. problems, or spend the money to hire them for every right. episode. Right. 
so they won't run into these problems. But they have to, they have to, you know, leave them. They have to go. All of a sudden, they have to uh, find a way to get for them to leave. Yeah, I don't know about the whole thing with Wally, but like on Supergirl with the, the is it Maggie, Alex yeah, and Maggie? With Maggie, yeah, Maggie. With Maggie, I get the impression that they did not intend for her to be a long range character, but because of the reception of her character and her and Alex, she stuck around longer. I, well, what I, I remember her saying, she the actress asked uh, to there's leave. There's a different role, yeah. There's right. a different she, role she wanted to be, be up for. Yeah, because she's not going to be like she's, and I, I can understand her feeling on it is if she's not going to be like, if she's not really going to be utilized much. Then right, no, it makes sense. I understand. I, I, for her career, it probably would be better for her to go on to something else, right? Yeah, uh, I just I don't think that they had this even this longevity to this point planned for her. I think she was going to be a three four episode arc, and then that would have been it well, to bring they, Alex out. But they did know that they wanted to do a longer thing with this season, but she had asked out of it. She asked. I will tell you though that most of the good press that Supergirl is getting is because of that right. storyline. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You Because know? they decided to have a. You know, a, a same-sex relationship that was written intelligently and realistically. Yeah, know? and they have in a main television show, and they yeah. do have a lot of chemistry together. And and the thing is, her being a good actress also means she could probably she could probably do better. You know, do get a more prominent role somewhere else because she is a good actress. Yeah, that's she's the, awesome. that's the catch twenty two. Like if you're if you're a bland or so so actor actor, you know, like that means that the scenes are not going to work that well. Okay, let's roll on to Arrow. What's yeah, I should have said, speaking of so-so actor, because I think the guy that used to play uh, um, Red Arrow was, was kind of a weaker actor. Col- Colton Haynes. Yeah. I don't, I don't he, was think in he was, that, he was in that Netflix movie, The Babysitter. Oh, he was? How yeah, was he in that? He was funny. Okay. Uh, episode two, season six of Arrow, aired October nineteenth. It's called Tribute, not to be confused with the Tenacious D song of the same name. Ah, uh, true that. Uh, Oliver publicly denies being the Green Arrow and totally name drops Bruce Wayne in his yes, denial he did. in in the most awkward way possible, though. Yes. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. It it's just like felt shoehorned in. Yeah, like, oh, look at how how clever we're being. We're mentioning Bruce Wayne, wink, wink, you know. I mean, it could have been like, why didn't... Oh, never mind. I'm not even going to go into that because it's <laughs> stupid. <laughs> it was just stupid. I'm sorry. It was. Um, We meet FBI agent Samantha Watson, who is uh, going to be investigating Oliver to see if he actually is the arrow. Yes. And... Uh, Anatoly comes back from the flashbacks of last season. No, go back. <laughs> oh, man. And he uh, kidnaps a group of Markovian delegates. I'm glad they're using Markovia again because it's a callback to like the first season. Yeah. Remember when he had the Earthshaker machine that was built mm-hmm. in Markovia? Mm-hmm. That's where T- Terra and Geostorm are from. Right. Um, uh, Anatoly, from, the, you know, from Oliver's Adventures in Russia... Uh, kidnaps uh, a group of Markovian delegates. He demands ransom, and he believe, um, at first Oliver believes that Anatoly leaked this photo that shows him as the Arrow. 
and uh, Felicity and Curtis work on discrediting it while they track the hostages, um, three of whom Team Arrow saves, but Anatoly escapes with one. Uh, Anatoly tells Oliver that he needs to convince the Bradford that the former is not weak and, no longer fr- and he is no longer friends with Oliver. He injects the hostage with a toxin that will kill him soon. Um, detecting the toxin and acquiring the antidote, uh, Oliver injects it into the hostage who Anatoly kills anyway. Oops. He escapes after... T- yeah. <laughs> I went to all that to acquire the antidote and now you're going <laughs> to... He escapes after telling Oliver he did not leak the photo for which the media acquires evidence from an anonymous source <laughs> that is fake. However, Watson tells Oliver that she will continue to investigate him, even though the photo was fake. Um, John Diggle is about to tell Oliver about his degenerative nerve, nerve damage, but then Oliver convinces him to wear the green arrow mantle, and that he's going to quit. To, she chooses William over being a vigilante. Right. And he's quit at least... Um, I'm trying to think. Has he quit every season at least yes, at one point? I think so. I think he does. I think the only season he had quit it was the first season. I think after that he quit like every other season. Every it's season. like usually it's usually on a, um like on the break though, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like usually the, usually the, a break, break of him not mid-season. being... Mid-season. Yeah. I'll even walk around with a bow and arrow, but I don't call me the arrow. No, <laughs> call me the bow. Yeah, bowstring. Yeah, there you go. There's a name for me, big bow. Oh, you know what? I'm a really good shot. Uh, almost like a hawk. Maybe you could call me Hawkeye. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really am. I, if I never see that character of Anatoly again, it'll be too soon. I'm sorry. Yeah. When I saw I him, agree. it just brought back all those flashbacks, and I was just you like, already oh, overdid it. You already overused him already. It's yeah, like, and they I, brought him back so soon. They just yeah, had him in like soon. two episodes. And like, oh. yeah. too soon. I like that character. I did, but I do. I, but they're gonna run him into the ground. He's not they gonna, be gonna. They've already. Yeah. Ran. I mean, it, he has become too tiresome. So I'm with Jim. Even the, if I hear the words Brafa one more time, I'm already done with that. Right. So. Make it stop. Yeah, I give this I give this episode a C. Yeah. Was, give it a C. Well, it wasn't just, the greatest episode of all, but it was a tribute. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, sure. I get no, it. No, I get it. I, I see what you did there. I see what you did yeah. there. D, D yeah, minus, see. wow. Yeah. Okay, the next episode of Arrow is called Next of Kin. Um, Team Arrow arrests Faust. Now, this is what, the son of Felix Faust in the comics? Uh, Or maybe some other relative of of Felix Faust. Um, But John refuses to shoot arrows. Because of his um, nerve damage or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, The city council begins drafting a tighter anti-vigilante bill. Um, John tells Dinah that he's overcome his tremors. He spends more time with Dinah than his wife, man. Word, man. Um, yeah, I was thinking that too. I'm like, is there problems at the Diggle household? I don't know. Um, John is revealed to have leadership troubles when rogue CIA operatives begin hunting down a former member in order to silence him. 
and Renee asks Oliver to return to the team. Dude, he just quit at the end of last episode. Man, you when I back. heard that, I almost spit out my drink because I was like, well, no, again? Come on, come on, Hoss. Again? No, it's because, it's because Renee knows he's not going to go more than an episode or two before he comes back to quit again. And I gotta say, I, I'm not, I'm not feeling that new wild dog costume. Nah, it's not as good. I like I, the old I, one. No, I liked it better than the old one. I don't know. I like yeah. it. I'm just, I'm just Call me old school, it. but I like the original. Old I mean, school. I like the original too, but I thought this one was cool too. So, um, Oliver has Felicity help William with his mathematics. Mm-hmm. And then and then gives Diggle the kind of pep talk that Diggle used to give Oliver. Right. <laughs> That's telling, telling John he's, you know, he's up to the task or whatever. Um, Team Arrow tracks down a rogue group of mercenaries led by Onyx, uh, also from the comics, to a hotel and engages them, defeating them all and saving civilians from a biological weapon. Right. Um, with no way to stop the anti-vigilante bill, Oliver instead makes it a referendum for the city to vote on. Um, and Watson, the FBI agent, starts suspecting John instead of Oliver. What about and, that? made her leap to that conclusion. Uh, Dramatic convenience? Yes. Because I'm just saying, (laughs) I don't, I mean, I get her getting to that conclusion, but what pieces were put together for her in this episode that took her right there? It just didn't make any sense. Um, This whole episode, first of all, this whole season so far, I'm not super impressed. I was telling Jim this before we started recording, Daryl. Um, I feel they've ran out of ideas. I really, because it feels like they're retreading a lot of things or just, you know, presenting it a little bit differently. Um, this whole thing with, you know, I'm tired of the Ross and Rachelness of the Felicity and Oliver stuff. I tell the truth, I thought they were already back together. I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even realize. I they hate, honestly, I hate. I thought I they hate. were already together. I, like I'm so out of it. I'm so tapped out of it already. The way they do this shit, where it's like I, I hate Elicity. I always yeah. have. It doesn't I don't like it. They always work better when they're not sleeping. Together. They always work better when they're not. Together. Because she deserves a better man, like a chub toad. Anyway. Um, but I mean, in all seriousness, though, I have really I've found myself bored in these first three episodes of the season that have aired so far, and it just doesn't seem to be getting better. Um, I wow. kind of I'm kind of digging the whole, you know, thing with his son and everything. But the, the way they're playing it, the way they're the way it's written, I, I I'm just not not impressed. Well, I, I always really, like it when they're really in the love field. this show, and now I'm just like, it feels like a chore. Watching. I still like it when they're in the field, but when they go back to the in-between scenes, that's when I tap out. Yeah, I like the action scenes that are well choreographed and stuff. I thought the big, the biggest disappointment for me so far with Arrow this season has been the way they cheated out of blowing up the island. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like Laurel gets shot, Thea goes into a coma, uh, William's baby mama dies, and that's it. You know, oh, and, and Diggle's arm gets hurt, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, that was like the island kind of blew up, but didn't. Like, what was the it was point? Like, oh, it didn't blow up so bad, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, we I was really hoping they'd take that chance to, like, you know, do some, you know, house cleaning and really, like, change it up a little bit. But they, they didn't. It's like back to the same old thing. I mean, everything we've seen here, we've seen before. Yeah, like I said, oh, they've ran out of ideas. Oh, everybody thinks Oliver's the arrow. Oh, I 
this inside. Like this is going on so much that I can I can believe like the city could just be like I don't freaking care anymore. Like I here's another question. Here's another question. Um, what's the FBI lady's name? Watson. Um, I just I lost my train of thought. (laughs) What was I gonna say? What was I gonna say? Well, I don't know. About that, the, the FBI agent? I, like, all of a sudden she's on Diggle's trail with no clues and no reason? Is that what you're going to say? Like, no, 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 no. I remember oh, what I was going to say now. So, okay. Agent Watson, she's bringing up this whole, the vigilantes, and they're undermining the police officers of the city, blah, blah, blah. When has that city ever had reliable police officers? They're, they're dying left and right. They're almost as much tenure time as the Gotham PD. Right, of about exactly. A they all get blown up down at the docks, or they get blown up here, or shot to pieces there. The city halls destroyed. All of these things, those cops in that city are shit. That's why they need vigilantes. Right. Like, yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I give this one a C. I'm being generous again. Way generous, because I'm giving it an F. Uh, I, I gave it a C minus. I just feel like, I mean, F for fail. They have failed this nerd because I just, I'm not feeling this season at all. And uh, let's go from bad to worse, I guess. Let's finish out with Legends. Oof. Well, I, I could tap out. I don't watch this show anymore. Okay, well, I guess you're doing me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch it. I could do a Jerry. You could pull a Jerry, huh? Yeah, I could pull a Jerry. Um... We start off with a flashback from six months ago when Amaya sees Mari. Um, so that'd be the past vixen seeing the present day vixen, um, and and just suddenly leaves Nate in the middle of Nate going to get donuts, chocolate covered donuts, by the way. Yeah. Uh, um, delicious. Anyway, in the present, uh, the legends uh, head to a petty anachronism in Wisconsin, eighteen seventy. Um, they intervene in a circus run by P.T. Barnum, who was uh, Billy Zane. Pretty cool. Uh, he's captured an extinct saber-toothed tiger. Uh, Ray's shrinking device malfunctions. He has a new device that allows him to shrink objects other than himself. And it leads to the enlargement and escape of the saber-tooth. Um, of course. Well, well, when uh, Sarah visits, visits Amaya and convinces her to return to the Wave Rider. Uh, and Nate's not real happy about that because he's still pissed that she walked out on him and stuff. Uh, Nate, Ray, and Jax visit an inn. Uh, Sarah and Amaya shrink and lock the saber tooth. Uh, intoxicated due to his depression over his relationship with Amaya, with Amaya uh, Nate tells Barnum about their powers. Intending to use them for his show. That was stupid. Intending to use them for his shows, uh, Barnum captures Ray and Jax while Nate informs the legends. Amaya tells him that she had to leave 2017 in order to preserve Mari's existence. Um, and that's why she walked out on him. If he had only listened, right? Right. Um, Sarah engages with Sharp on the Wave Rider, and I'm calling it right now. Those two are going to hook up. I agree. I, I Sharp don't think Sarah, the same thing. Totally going to hook up. Um, the Legends attack the Barnum Show, rescue their teammates, and they remove the anachronism. Nate reconciles with Amaya, who tells the legend she has begun to lose control of her animal powers, uh, resulting in her psychopathic behavior. Um, Sarah tells the legends about the malice threat, 
but they don't take it very seriously. They laugh. And yeah. a follower of Malice summons a new player named Kuasa, who we see next episode. Now, here's a few things about this episode. Now, overall, I didn't really like it too much, but it wasn't too terrible. But there were some cool little meta moments, like the whole when they referenced something about the Titanic and Stein's like, right. I, we should never, that junk, uh, the person that, I forget what he said, was something like the person that designed that should have been shot. should have been shot, which was yeah. him in the movie Titanic. Yeah. Yeah, and then the whole thing of the whole Titanic reunion because of Billy Zane as well. Um, but I, I got to tell you, I actually have studied a lot about P.T. Barnum in my in, in in my youth, and they actually made him too nice because <laughs> that dude was a dick in real life from everything yeah. I read on him. So like like. The fact that they played him that way was pretty apropos, but um, all in all, I just the whole thing with Amaya and the Nate thing, and then him getting drunk and just, which is not yeah. going to be, you know, the the last episode of the three that we've had so far where he's inebriated during a mission. Okay. So, so I mean, I give this this episode a C, but it. It uh, only because there were a couple little moments that actually made me enjoy it, but for the most part, it was pretty damn cheesy. Yeah, like I said uh, last week, I'm I'm uh, from now on. I watch Legends of Tomorrow I lo- with the mindset that I'm reading a Silver Age comic, so the the cheesiness and the goofiness just washes over me and doesn't bother me. <laughs> Rather than me being like, that's really stupid. They shouldn't, you know, and trying to pick apart things that you know they did wrong or whatever. I'm just like. Silver Age comic. Just gonna let it go. So, since then I've been enjoying the show more. <laughs> but I agree, there's no this episode is no great shakes. I also give it a C. Um, the final episode we'll talk about tonight was called Zari. It just uh, was shown on October 24th. Uh, it starts out in Seattle, 2042. Uh, Time Bureau agent Gary, okay, discovers uh, hydrokinetic assassin Kuasa pursuing Zari a hacktivist and <laughs> sends a distress signal. I hate that word hacktivist, by the way. Yeah. Um, the legends receive it and find Seattle under martial law by Argus who are hunting down metahumans. Uh, they find Zari who demands help to rescue her brother from prison in exchange for finding Kuasa. Uh, Maya, Amaya is uncertain about her powers. So Stein and Nate seek a solution was Nate synthesizing a Zambezi hallucinogen. Um, she uses it to have a vision with her ancestor, who advises her to trust her increasing strength. Uh, while Jax initiates an unplanned prison break, along with Mick, yeah. uh, Zari, <laughs> uh, Zari retrieves her brother's amulet, uh, admitting his murder by Argus, and ditches the team. Uh, Ray pursues her to a campsite where her family wants to rendezvous with her, and Kuasa attacks the duo, um, while Sharp pursues the Wave Rider in the time stream. Um, the legends arrive, and Amaya is now in control of her powers and defeats Kuasa, who vanishes using a mystical item and implies that she is a descendant of hers. Yeah. So, so they're somehow related. And, I uh, wasn't... Sharp won't... Oh, I'm sorry. So... I was trying to put together. So, was that item that that she has? Is it linked to her 
to Amaya's necklace, or is I'm it sure the... some some sort of similar artifact, maybe? Hey everybody, Jim here. Uh, we had some technical difficulties here at the very end of the show. We had the very uh, last uh, review cutoff uh, for Legends, and we'll be happy to recap that on the next show. Sorry about the technical difficulties there. Uh, you can still join our contest. All you have to do is make a comment on our Facebook group at DCTV Podcast on Facebook. And uh, you can check out HHWLOD. You can check out Chub Toad and Daryl and myself and some others. Talking about Walking Dead every week on Walking Dead TV podcast. You can listen to Russ and Daryl talk about Marvel on It's All Connected. And over at the Taylor Network podcast, you can check out Daryl and myself and Donnie Salvo every week on Nothing's On. And, of course, uh, Heavy Gigs in Seaside City, our new experimentation into a radio play using an RPG set in the 70s of action movies. So that's a new experiment. You might want to check that out on the feed. So until next week, we'll set it up. Thank you, Rachel Toad. Thank you. Daryl, and sorry Jerry couldn't make it. She, she was too busy dealing with dicks. Uh, we are ghost. Good night. What is what Spirit is of 77? It's a role-playing game set in the 1970s of action movies and TV. You know the good stuff. Shaft, Six Million Dollar Man, uh, Charlie's Angels. What is what Heavy is Gigs in Seaside City? City? Well, we take the game... And we turn it into a radio play. We add sound effects, we add soundtrack, cut out all the boring parts and make it into a very listenable story about a wrestling star turned private eye. Well, maybe we can go and get a room at that hotel and have ourselves a love fest, but we got a lot of business we got to take care of, Jack. A good old boy stunt driver with a death wish. Are you interested in what we call parlay? Are you just coming over here to try to, you know, fricassee me? Grab my bow out there, and I use the sword as an arrow. Disco owner and arms dealer with a voice like Fran Drescher and a heart of gold. I got guns, sister. <laughs> ah, <laughs> one who deals in the arms there. A rocker with a robot arm. Let's enjoy uh, some TJ Swan Mellow Nights together sometime. And, of course, the DJ who holds it all together, Mr. Anton K. Uh, that stuff makes me happy. Tune in to Spirit of 77, Heavy Gigs in Seaside City. Available on iTunes at goodpencil.com and at the Taylor Network of Podcasts.com. Lord, you know it ain't right to live my life this way. I gotta stay up every night and feel this feeling till it goes away. You know I had my crime and I paid my due. I seen the best of times. I had the best of friends. I played it all to lose, but now I seen the light. Show it to you. You gotta lay right down. You gotta close your eyes and let it go right through you. Cause I, I believe in my soul. And I always wanna feel this way. So, honey, let me get inside all night long. Change my